0: Our scripture reading this morning is found in the Gospel of Luke. The 16th chapter, we'll be reading the 19th through the 31st verses. Now there was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, joyously living in splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores and longing to be fed with the crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table besides even the dogs were coming and licking his sores now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to abraham's bosom and the rich man also died and was buried in hades he lifted up his eyes being in torment And saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue for I'm in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, child, remember that during your life you received your good things and likewise Lazarus bad things. But now he is being comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great chasm fixed so that those who wish to come over from here to you will not be able and that none may cross over from there to us. And he said, then I beg you, father, that you send him to my father's house For I have five brothers in order that he may warn them so that they will not also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets... They will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, we're wrapping up this day a a look at a discourse that Jesus is giving in response to some grumbling by some sourpuss Pharisees and uh, the thing is is that he let's say I want to find exactly where it starts it starts uh, back in the uh, 15th chapter beginning with the first verse it says now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble saying this man receives sinners and eats with them And so he told them this parable, saying, and then he launches into the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, and then the unrighteous steward. And that brings us up to today. And remember that all of this is in response to the Scribes and the Pharisees complaining because Jesus eats with tax collectors and sinners. You know, I read something the other day. It says, one day when Vice President Calvin Coolidge was presiding over the Senate, one senator angrily told another to go straight to hell. The offended senator complained to Coolidge as presiding officer And Calvin Coolidge looked up from the book he had been leafing through while listening to the debate. And he said, I've been looking through the rule book. You don't have to go. Well, in this passage that we've been looking at, one of the things that's made clear by this rule book is that when it comes to hell, you don't have to go. Jesus came to bring good news. And he came to bring good news to people who needed to hear it so badly. He came to bring it to people who should have been being taken care of by the shepherds of Israel, the scribes and the Pharisees. And yet, instead of ministering to those that needed spiritual help, and direction. They fleeced the flock. They were so busy puffing themselves up and building themselves up and even cheating members of God's family that they were letting people wander around confused and lost. All through the Old Testament, you'll see the religious leaders of Israel referred to as the shepherds and time after time they are just chastened and they are verbally chastised for not looking out after the Lord's sheep and now Jesus has come and he says I am the good shepherd my sheep know me and I know them And so the first parable, he tells us about the lost sheep. And that's an indictment on the scribes and the Pharisees, because they are the ones that should have been going after the lost sheep. And there were tons of them. There wasn't just one lost sheep. They were flocking to him, tax collectors and sinners, it says. Now, the thing is, I mentioned this a week or so ago, that there are three kinds of sinners, There are those who know that they're sinners and that they're not right with God and they don't care. And then there are those who don't know and don't care. And then there are those who do know that they are separated from God and that their sin has separated them. And they do care. They care. But no one was helping them to find the reconciliation with God that they were supposed to be offering through the law. There were all sorts of procedures that were set up for those who were separated from God and needed to be brought back into a right relationship with Him. There were just all sorts of different rules. And if you're supposed to bring a sin offering, if you can't afford this, then bring this. If you can't afford that, then bring this. And you know what? If somebody couldn't afford any of those things, there should have been one of the shepherds that was willing to come up with a tenth of an ephah, a flower for one of those that felt the burden of their sin and couldn't do anything about it. And yet, Jesus winds up coming and he winds up button heads with shepherds and those who are supposed to be the ones that are taking care of the flock wind up just looking down their noses at him and keeping them far away. Jesus told the story of the uh, publican and the Pharisee who were both praying and the Pharisee prayed, oh God, I'm just so glad I'm not like this publican over here. I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that. And then he said that the tax collector, the publican, just couldn't even look up. He beat his breast saying, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus asks, which one of those two went away justified? Which one of those went away Reconciled to God, <clears throat> and He makes it clear it was the tax collector and not the sinner, not the uh, the Pharisee. Well, the thing is that Jesus came bringing good news. The bad thing is the scribes and the Pharisees would have none of it, and He goes on telling uh, this story. He told the story of the uh, unjust steward that was aimed at them. He tells the story of the lost son. And as we've looked at before, the big brother, the elder brother standing outside pouting and just looking down his nose at his little brother. He represents the scribes and the Pharisees. And here's the father pleading with them. Son, come on in. I want us to all be at the table together. <laughs> and they didn't want, he didn't want to come in. And he's left out there. And he's left out there for a reason. And it's to show and it's a warning to those scribes and those Pharisees. And the warning gets stronger in the tale of the unjust steward, where you see uh, that there is going to be a day of reckoning. They have been entrusted with the things of God and they haven't handled them properly. But there's hope if they start turning things around and start instead of loving things and looking down their nose at people and start loving people and looking at stuff in the right way. There's hope for them. And yet he he continues. He warns them. Uh, that you can't serve God and mammon. And if anyone had the authority to tell them that it was Jesus, if you recall, as he began his ministry to gather in the lost sheep of Israel, the first place he was sent was into the desert, into the wilderness. And he was tempted, first of all, with using the authority that he was given wrongly to meet his own needs. Next, he was tempted with uh, fame and fortune, adulation. And then finally, he was tempted with power. And he resisted all three of those temptations. The scribes and the Pharisees, on the other hand, most of them, They gave in to all three, didn't they? So much so that Jesus winds up saying, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, They have their reward in full. Remember the passage that we read today? The rich man, he had his reward in full in this life. And by hanging on to it and enjoying it in this life and disregarding others, he forfeited any sort of reward in the afterlife. It goes on. But when you give to the poor, Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving will be in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. They, They got what they were seeking. They wanted the, it says another place that the scribes and the Pharisees love the praise of men more than the praise of God. On down, he makes it clear who those hypocrites are he's talking about. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people, for you do not enter in yourselves nor do you allow those who were entering to go in. If you'll recall, there are many, it says, who believed in Jesus, but were afraid to profess him publicly, publicly for fear that they would be thrown out of the synagogue. Anyway, we see that this particular parable that we look at is directed right at the scribes and the Pharisees. And he is warning them, Buddy, you're about to pay a very steep price because you've been entrusted with the things of God and you have betrayed him. You haven't been seeking his kingdom. You have been worshiping manna. You cannot serve two masters and you have chosen the wrong one. Well, the thing is, he came And he started bringing those sheep in. It says he was moved with compassion when he saw all the people that they were just wandering around like sheep without a shepherd. And so he starts calling to the sheep. And here they are flocking to him, literally. Now, he came to be the good shepherd. And he says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep and he showed us that he was the good shepherd he laid down his life for the sheep didn't he and yet in this warning to the scribes and pharisees he says that the brothers if they won't listen to what's in the bible to the law to moses and the prophets they wouldn't listen even if one was raised from the dead. And the thing is, Jesus died and he rose from the dead to show that he is the good shepherd. And that if you are one of those sinners who, has, who knows that you're separated from God and you want to do something about it, he's made a way. And that goes all the way up and down. And this whole discourse shows that it's not just bad people that can miss the kingdom. It's those people that we look on and adulate and say, boy, I'd sure like to be like him. They are in danger as well if they're not seeking first his kingdom. And so we have this warning, and we just need to ask ourselves, where are we in this picture? He makes it clear, yes, there is a hell. And yes, we'd make our decision as to where we're going to spend eternity in this life. And after this life is over, it's too late. And he makes it clear that there are rewards for seeking first the kingdom of God. But even more than that, he's made it clear that he's paid the price for everything that we might feel that God is holding us against us. No matter what our station, if we're being good and trusting in our goodness, or if we've just been so bad that we can't even trust anything. God has made a way through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I read about a little boy who was consistently late coming home from school. His parents warned him one day that he must come home uh, that on time that afternoon. And nevertheless, he arrived later than ever. His mother met him at the door and said nothing. At dinner that night, the boy looked at his plate, and there was a slice of bread and a glass of water. He looked at his father's full plate, And then at his father, but his father remained silent and the boy was crushed. The father waited for the full impact to sink in and then quietly took the boy's plate and placed it in front of himself. He then took his own plate of meat and potatoes and put it in front of the boy and smiled at his son. When that boy grew to be a man, he said, all my life I've known what God is like by what my father did that night. That's what the father has done for us. He's taken our punishment and given us the joy of heaven. And that's what we celebrate this morning as we go before the Lord and celebrate His great sacrifice for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.